From the nation's capital, here is tonight's Nations Report with Lynette Thomas. Good evening. For the headlines, locally, police investigate fire at a popular night spot in Grace Bay. And regionally, Deputy Premier attends Africa-Caribbean Trade and Investment Forum. And news from around the world, U.S. reports at least 31 cases of monkeypox among children. And in sports, Serena Williams beats second seed in U.S. Open in New York. Those are the headlines. Stay tuned for the stories in detail. And now, here is tonight's news. RTC News has received confirmation of a fire that occurred at a popular night spot in Grace Bay, opposite the Casablanca Casino. RTC News has learned that the incident occurred at the Aziza Restaurant Bar and Lounge. The report was made to 911 shortly after 6 a.m. by a resident who was jogging in that vicinity. Members of the Royal Turks and Caicos Police Force and the TCI Fire Brigade arrived shortly after the report and were able to extinguish the fire successfully. Photos sent to RTC News show burnt stains to the floors and walls of the establishment. The location, while not gutted, sustained minor damages to various sections of the property. This destination is heavily supported at night by locals and visitors, especially as of late, where prominent members of parliament and a billboard chart topping artist visiting the TCI would frequently visit the hot spot. RTC News contacted the fire department for a comment where we were told that they were still investigating and that the matter has now been turned over to the Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police. We'll have more on this story as it develops. Minister of Education, Labour, Employment and Customer Services, the Honourable Rachel Taylor, will be hosting a press conference tomorrow, Friday, September 2nd, 2022, here in Providentialis. The announcement is to share the new policy initiative from her ministry for the upcoming school year. No doubt, there are varying concerns going into the new school term, and many will want to listen, added one parent. The press conference expected to be held here in Providentialis will be aired live on RTC 89.1 FM and may also be viewed on the RTC Facebook page as well as the Premier's Facebook page. The Islands Tourist Board is excited to announce that the Turks and Caicos Islands has been voted as the Caribbean's leading beach destination as well as the Caribbean's most romantic destination for 2022. On August 31st, the World Travel Awards hosted its Caribbean and the Americas Gala Ceremony in Montego Bay, Jamaica, with the Turks and Caicos Islands boasting an impressive eight nominations, ranging from the Caribbean's leading cruise destination to the Caribbean's leading dive destination. The Turks and Caicos Islands has won the Caribbean's leading beach destination every single year since 2015. And prior to that, from 2012 to 2014, our Grace Bay Beach won the award. In addition to these achievements, we've won the Caribbean's most romantic destination four years in a row, said Acting Director of Tourism Mary Lightburn. We're committed to being best in class and providing our guests with a consistent tourism product that they continue to desire, Lightburn added. Recovering strongly from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Turks and Caicos Islands continues to see excellent results, some unprecedented. 
Throughout the first six months of 2022, airport arrivals were at 331,824 passengers, an increase of 183%. In August 2022, a TripAdvisor report indicated that the Turks and Caicos Islands was the world's hottest travel destination for fall 2022, based on the TCI having the fastest growing demand based on year-over-year growth. The Turks and Caicos Islands not only beat out established tourism veterans such as Ho Chi Minh City, Almafi, London and Bangkok, but it also stood out amongst its regional pairs by being the only Caribbean destination to make the top 15 of TripAdvisor's list. And most recently, the TCI has collected two more World Travel Awards. We're extremely proud to continue our reign as the Caribbean's leading beach destination, as well as the Caribbean's most romantic destination, said Minister of Tourism, Honorable Josephine Connolly. That being said, we still have more work to do. As evidenced by our eight nominations, we're world-class in more facets than only those two. We will continue to develop and market our overall tourism product as we strive to showcase that we are best in class in additional areas of tourism, added Honorable Connolly. In being more intentional intentional with its tourism product, the Turks and Caicos Islands Tourist Board is making a transition into a destination management organization and a tourism regulatory authority. The DMO and the TRA seek to amplify the successes of the Turks and Caicos Islands Tourist Board by facilitating more alignment and collaboration between all tourism-relevant stakeholders, as well as providing more regulation to ensure that the exceptional experiences that the Turks and Caicos Islands is known for will be standardized across every entity in the TCI's tourism economy. In addition to these achievements, destination awards were captured by local partners such as Sail Rock Resort, winning Best Luxury Island Hotel, Olympia Destination Management Company, winning Leading Destination Management Company, and Windsong Resort, winning Leading Boutique Hotel, and others. Continuing on the local scene, The Whelan Community Foundation, in collaboration with Honorable Kyle Knowles, Member of Parliament Whelan and West Caicos, along with the Ministry of Health and Human Services, on August 24th and 25th, 2022, successfully hosted its inaugural Whelan Community Health Check Initiative in the parking lot of the Bethany Baptist Church. According to Honorable Knowles, the Foundation recognizes the importance of health and overall well-being, both mentally and physically, amongst the Whelan community, particularly with the elderly in mind. In light of this, the Whelan Community Foundation saw it fit to host an event geared at providing the residents of Whelan with the opportunity to examine the state of their health without having to leave the community, providing an element of convenience. The community benefited from eye examinations, dental checks, blood pressure checks, as well as diabetic testing with the support of the Ministry of Health and Human Services. RTC understands that the event was a resounding success, with many residents coming out to support the initiative and taking advantage of the services offered. Special thanks are extended to the Ministry of Health and Human Services, as well as MD Ojos, 
ophthalmology for making the event possible. The Wheeland community looks forward to upholding their commitment to prioritizing the welfare of the residents of Wheeland by continuing to organize initiatives such as this, added Honorable Kyle Knowles. Leader of the opposition, the Honorable Edwin Astwood, in a piece to RTC News, says that he's very concerned about the lack of clinical services being made available to our citizens at both the Coburn Town Hospital, Grand Turk, and the Cheshire Hall Hospital, Providentiales. The former health minister added, When I investigated what clinical services are accessible in Grand Turk, it is extremely far less than being offered at Cheshire Hall. A number of patients have brought to my attention the difficulty in getting an appointment to be seen, and many have expressed the feeling of being neglected. As we all know, that with health matters, timing is everything. Early detection and early interventions almost always save lives and prevent future life-threatening complications. During my time as health services manager and before that as laboratory director, it had always been the target to have both services locations properly equipped and staffed to tackle the citizens' health needs. Both locations had identical equipment and identical complement of staff with a few variations in numbers. Grand Turk location handled Saul Key and South Caicos and Providentiales location handled North and Middle Caicos. When I was the Minister of Health, much progress was being made in the re-establishing of old community clinics, for example, the town clinic location in Grand Turk, and also returning Myrtle Rigby Health Complex location to a healthcare facility for our people. The goal was, and still is, to have regular weekly specialist clinics with other needed services for all islands. Additionally, to have all community clinics equipped with basic laboratory testing abilities and imaging capabilities, for example, blood electrolytes, red and white blood cell counts, glucose and cholesterol testing, blood nitrogen levels, urinalysis, and are all equipped with portable X-ray abilities. These technologies reveal extremely important and timely information on a person's health status. We all have to demand more from our health services providers, demand more accessibility, demand more diagnostic competency, demand more high dependency units, demand the availability of intensive care capability, demand more attracting and retaining of highly skilled personnel, demand increasing salaries of our health personnel. Hence, our people need to demand a high-performing health care system, a good health care system. A People's Democratic Movement government will recommence the work of enhancing our health system to one that we can all be truly proud of, one which we have the most trust and assurance in. So what is the good health system that the PDM wants to develop for our people? A good system will be one that is organized in a way to ensure timely access to the highest attainable standard of care to all its citizens, one that has the right programs managed by competent, well-paid professionals, one in which clinics provide constant preventive and curative care for the most common conditions and primary health care in facilities or in the communities where people live.
the leader of the opposition further added that a good health system under a PDM government would ensure that our on-island hospitals deliver high-quality, secondary or tertiary levels of care to increase the likelihood of desired health outcomes. Honorable Astwood, in his release to RTC News, highlighted his seven points of focus that his PDM government is committed to continuing the work on which they started, ensuring our health services are effective, providing evidence-based healthcare services to those who need them, safe, avoiding harm to people for whom the care is intended, and people-centered, providing care that responds to individual preferences, needs, and values. To realize the benefits of quality health care, a PDM government will also ensure that our health services are timely, reducing waiting times and sometimes harmful delays, equitable, providing care that does not vary in quality on account of constituency, island location, or socioeconomic status, or ethnicity. Integrated, providing care that makes available the full range of health services throughout the life course. Example, from newborn to old age. And efficient, maximizing the benefit of available resources and avoiding waste. From many personal testimonies from our citizens, it can be concluded that the current health care system is not serving our people well. We, the PDM, are confident that we can deliver the health care system that our citizens need and deserve, added the former health minister and leader of the opposition, the Honorable Edwin Astrid. That brings us to the end of the local news. Stay tuned for the regional stories. The government of Barbados and the African Export-Import Bank, Afreximbank, have announced the first ever Africa-Caribbean Trade and Investment Forum, ACTIVE, taking place in Bridgetown, Barbados, which started on August 31, ending September 3, 2022. ACTIVE 2022 will be held under the theme, One People, One Destiny, Uniting and Reimagining Our Future. The forum aims to foster the development of strategic partnerships between the business communities in Africa and the Caribbean community, CARICOM region, to bolster bilateral cooperation and increase engagement in trade, investment, technology transfer, innovation, tourism, culture, and other sectors. Additionally, Active 2022 is expected to contribute to the implementation of African Continental Free Trade Agreement and the Caribbean Trade Development Agenda, further reflecting the deep-rooted ties between Africa and the Caribbean based on their shared history, culture, common identity, and destiny. The Honorable Mia Amor Motley, Prime Minister of Barbados, said that Barbados is especially pleased to be hosting Active 2022, which will be a major step towards strengthening relations between Africa and CARICOM. Last September, Barbados signed a Memorandum of Understanding with Bank, and we are committed to the success of that MOU. Indeed, 
Barbados is of the view that the Afrex Imbank is a key partner for all CARICOM member states in facilitating trade and investment opportunities between Africa and the Caribbean. I am confident that Active 2022 will connect our peoples and result in an increased flow of goods and services between our two regions and overall wider cooperation, Prime Minister Motley affirmed. Mrs. Kayanyo Awani, Afrex Imbank Executive Vice President, Intra-African Trade Bank, noted that Active 2022 is taking place against the backdrop of the renewed engagement between Africa and the Caribbean. The joint hosting of the first Africa-Caribbean Trade and Investment Forum is a step towards the renaissance of the relationship between Africa and the Caribbean. Following the step taken on September 7, 2021, by the African and Caribbean heads of state and the government at their summit, where they renewed their commitment to revitalize the relationship, Active, 22, Active 2022 is the next logical stride using the power of trade to reconnect the two regions. The joint hosting of the first Africa-Caribbean Trade and Investment Forum is a key step towards the renaissance of the relationship between Africa and the Caribbean. Following the step taken on September 7, 2021 by the African and Caribbean heads of states and governments at their summit where they renewed their commitment to revitalize the relationship, Active 2022 is the next logical stride using the power of trade to reconnect the two regions, declared Mrs. Awani. We thank the government of Barbados for sharing our vision and generously committing itself without hesitation to host this forum, extending the invitation to the business communities and developmental agencies in Africa and the wider Caribbean region. We look forward to a successful forum and a renewed relationship between two regions that everything links. Participants at Active 2022 will include African and Caribbean heads of state, senior government representatives like our Deputy Premier, the Honorable E.J. Saunders, business leaders, representatives of business associations, development agencies, multilateral finance institutions, think tanks, and research institutions from Africa and the Caribbean are all in attendance. Meanwhile, in Chile, delegates are attending the second regional seminar on social development have been told that the challenges of social security systems in Latin America and the Caribbean are more urgent than ever in the current unfavorable economic environment. In addition, the conference organized by the Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean, ECLAC, also noted the high uncertainty that the region has been experiencing. The conference, Social Security and the Prolonged Crisis, an opportunity to combat inequality within the framework of a welfare state in Latin America and the Caribbean, is being held virtually and ends on Thursday. It is being held in collaboration with the International Labor Organization, the ILO, and the Pan American Health Organization, PAHO, the German Corporation, and the Development Facility in Transition of the European Union. ECLAC is projecting that Latin America and the Caribbean will return to a path of low economic growth in 2022, to which are added strong inflationary pressures, low dynamism, 
in job creation, falls in investment and growing social demands given the increase in poverty and inequality. The meeting is seeking to be a space for dialogue and reflection on social security systems in the region, with a focus on diagnoses, challenges and strategic guidelines for reform and restructuring processes in pension and health systems. In Guyana, health officials on Wednesday said, despite undertaking contact tracing, they are still unable to discover how the country recorded two cases of the monkeypox virus. Health Minister Dr. Frank Anthony, during his daily health update, said that the patients, a 57-year-old public transportation driver and a woman in her 30s, had no recent history of travel and gave a list of people who might have been exposed to the virus through contact with them. We have been in touch with names that the patients have given us. It is hard to find some of the contacts because the patients do not have any particulars on those persons, but the immediate family members and persons who they have been in contact with regularly, those persons are in quarantine, Dr. Anthony told reporters. He added that while it is difficult to track and trace everyone the infected people have been in contact with, the immediate family is in quarantine, and so far we haven't seen any signs of anybody developing monkeypox. The health minister is calling on the public to take precautions, including calling the monkeypox hotline if they have any concerns or questions. And in world news, at least 31 children in the United States have tested positive for monkeypox, according to state officials across the country. So far, 11 U.S. states and jurisdictions have reported monkeypox cases among children. Texas alone has identified nine pediatric cases of monkeypox, state officials told ABC News on Tuesday. Meanwhile, Florida has detected monkeypox cases among two children under the age of four, one in Brevard County and another in Monroe County, according to state data. The FDA authorizes new and updated COVID booster shots. These were given emergency use authorization by the Food and Drug Administration Wednesday morning, paving the way for shots in arms as soon as next week. The new booster shots have been updated to target two different COVID strains in one shot. The current Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5, which make up 99% of new cases in the U.S. and the original strain of COVID-19. This is the first time the COVID-19 vaccines have had a major upgrade. In the future, experts expect the vaccines could be updated periodically to match current strains, akin to the way the flu shot is slightly different each year. A Russian chairman of Luke Oil giant Ravel Maganov has died after falling from a hospital window in Moscow, according to reports. The company confirmed his death, but said only that Maganov, 67, had passed away following a severe illness. Russian media said he was being treated at a Moscow Central Clinical Hospital and died from his injuries. Maganov is the latest in a number of high-profile business executives to die under mysterious circumstances. Investigating authorities said they were working at the scene to establish how he died. 
Tash News Agency quoted sources as saying he had fallen out of a six-floor window, adding later that he had taken his own life. Several Russian energy oligarchs have died in unusual circumstances in recent months, we're learning. Shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine, the Lukoil board called for the conflict to end as soon as possible, expressing its sympathy to victims of this tragedy still ongoing. Lawyers for former President Donald Trump on Wednesday responded to the Justice Department in the dispute over Trump's request for a special master to review materials the FBI seized at his Mar-a-Lago estate. Trump's lawyers have argued to a federal judge in Florida that the review is needed to deal with matters they argue could be covered by executive privilege. Judge Aileen Cannon has indicated she was leaning toward granting a request from Trump's legal team to appoint a special master to intervene in the ongoing review of documents. Democrat Mary Peltola is projected to win the Alaskan special general election for the state's sole House seat, ABC News reports. Peltola defeated two Republicans. She will also be the first Alaska native to represent the state in Congress. The election, which was called on Wednesday some two weeks after voting ended, was historic for a more technical reason. It was the first Alaska race that used ranked choice ballots. The process, which advocates said would encourage more consensus building, but Palin criticized as convoluted, worked like this. If a candidate in the election had initially won more than 50% of the first choice votes, they would have won the race outright. That didn't happen in the race on August 17. Peltola ended up with about 40%. The candidate with the least number of first place votes was eliminated, and that candidate's votes instead had their ballots redistributed to their second choice until one candidate got at least 50%. In other world news, three Canadian police officers have been charged with the manslaughter over the death of a one-and-a-half-year-old child during a shooting in Ontario in 2020, the government announced Wednesday. Jameson Shapiro died in Kawatha Lakes, about 60 miles north of Toronto, on November 26, 2020, during a shootout between his father and police. Shapiro was in his father's pickup truck when he was shot, dying instantly. The case had made national headlines in Canada, where firearms-related incidents account for less than 3% of all violent crimes. The case will be heard in court on October 6, Serena Williams showed she has no intention of ending her singles career without a fight 
after beating second seed Anna Konkovic on another remarkable night at the US Open. Williams ranked 605th and turning 41 next month, won 7674-2662 to stun the Estonian in New York. The American recently announced her intention to retire after this major and is now into the third round. Williams will play again next on Friday. A few weeks ago, Williams announced she was evolving away from playing tennis in an essay for fashion magazine Vogue, but agreed after beating Montenegro's Danka Kovinic on Monday, she had been vague about her exact timeline. There's no rush here, she laughed after beating Konkovic. There's still a little left in me. The Women's National Basketball Association playoffs saw Chicago 85, Connecticut 77, Las Vegas 78, and Seattle 73. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Broncos, the Denver Broncos and star quarterback Russell Wilson have reached an agreement on a five-year, $245 million contract extension that includes $165 million guaranteed. Wilson, acquired by the Broncos in a blockbuster off-season trade with the Seahawks, is now under contract with Denver for seven years and a whopping $296 million. The mega deal is the third most lucrative contract in NFL history in terms of guaranteed money, behind only Brown's quarterback Deshaun Watson's $230 million and Cardinals quarterback Kyla Murray's $189.5 million. The 33-year-old Wilson said at the start of training camp that he hoped to be Denver's quarterback for a long, long time. The Broncos traded five draft picks, including two first-round and two second-round selections, and three players to the Seahawks to acquire Wilson. Let's take a look at the weather. A weak high pressure ridge continues to steer warm, light to moderate high winds across the islands through tonight. Boaters and residents should remain vigilant due to the risk of water spouts or tornadic activity. Localized flooding is possible during heavy or prolonged rainfall. The public is urged to remain hydrated and limit prolonged outdoor activities due to triple digit heat indices. It's variably cloudy, hot, and humid, with isolated to widely scattered showers and isolated thunderstorms possible through tonight. In the advisory, expect gusty winds and higher seas in or near showers and thunderstorms. The winds will be 10 to 15 knots in the TCI, with seas 2 to 4 feet. Today's high temperature reached 92 degrees Fahrenheit or 33 degrees Celsius. The heat index was 106 degrees Fahrenheit or 41 degrees Celsius. Tonight's low should drop to 79 degrees Fahrenheit, 26 degrees Celsius. On Friday, the weather will variably be cloudy, a bit breezy to breezy and hot with isolated showers.
recapping the headlines. Locally, police investigate fire at a popular night spot in Grace Bay. And in the region, Deputy Premier attends Africa-Caribbean Trade and Investment Forum. In the world news, U.S. reports at least 31 cases of monkeypox among children. And in sports, Serena Williams beats the second seed in New York. That was a look at news and weather. For the Radio Turks and Caicos News team, I'm Cheryl Ann Foreman. Have a good evening. Join us again tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.